0: celebrating christ our king lifting
1: up his holy banner marching into the
0: Well, greetings everyone. Welcome to Heartline Ministry. It's a ministry where we take the Word of God and we apply it to the issues of the heart. I'm Pastor Harold Norris, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. Alongside is my co-host, Pastor Timothy Golden. He is pastor of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. And it's been a delight for us to be able to bring to you uh, this program over the last number of years... Um, to look at various topics. We've done the book of Matthew for example We did that for a long time and now we're into a n- brand new study of 31 reasons why Jesus came to earth Now Tim we've looked at the first five reasons mm-hmm. We looked at that certainly the first reason Jesus came to earth was to do the will of the father Everything kind of latches onto that mm-hmm. the will of the father the second one is to save sinners the third one is to bring light in a dark world. The fourth reason Jesus came is to be made like his people, that is to take on flesh, that is to do the, have the incarnation, as we call it, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week we discussed to bear witness to the truth, and of course we, we came to the conclusion that of course Christ is the truth, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Today, Tim, we have a, uh, an interesting topic. I think it's interesting because I love this topic. And the topic is, he came to destroy the devil and his works. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly as we look at today and all the evil that has seemed to be permeating upon us, um, I, yeah, I, I think that a lot of people have a hard time saying, did he really come mm-hmm. to destroy the devil and his works? And what does that all mean? Right. You know, I mean, how how does that how how does that take effect? Mm -hmm. I mean, what
1: is what is it? Well, we're obviously not alone in that either, because even some of the Old Testament prophets, you know, and it was one of the minor prophets. I'm drawn. I'm trying to remember which one exactly, uh, off the top of my head. If it it wasn't Haggai, but um, but the whole book had to deal with this concept of why does God allow evil? Yeah, in the world, and if he has really conquered it, then why is it that evil still seems to at times almost triumph over righteousness? And yep. so it's been an age-old question. It is um, that's been there. Of course, you read through even that book, and you'll find out that says, "Well, no, God is still in control, no matter what it right. looks like." Right, right. You know, so
0: you know, I, I think as we as we enter into this topic, to me, it's it's a fascinating. Uh, topic to be getting into and to be able to apply it and that's why we have this program is to take the Word of God and to be able to apply it Mm. to our lives today just Mm. as Jesus applied it to the lives of his disciples and those who followed him in his day and and I find that that probably is the key to be able to to understand not only Mm -hmm. this but all 31 reasons why Jesus came but in particular this one that Jesus came to destroy the devil and his works. Yeah. I'm going to read a couple of scripture verses out of Hebrews 2, um, 14 and 15, and then we we'll to have Pastor Tim open in prayer, and we'll start our discussion. But yeah, listen to what Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 say to us. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to pick pick apart these verses and go, of course, to other portions of Scripture because we need to use all Scripture to interpret Scripture. So... Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to try to do that this afternoon as we do this. But I'm going to have Pastor Tim open in prayer, then we will get
1: right into our discussion. Tim? Lord, we do thank you once again for this time that we have to gather together. And just ask you to be in this time, you'd give me and Harold your words uh, to be Mm -hmm. able to share with the people that you would uh, open the minds and the hearts of those, Lord, that may be tuning in. Uh, to receive the life-giving truth that you would have for them today right. and we give you honor and praise for it all in your holy name amen amen you know one of the things that i that you know i try to do as a pastor
0: and as a preacher of the word of god is is there are certain words i mean there were words that you need to really grab a hold of mm. out of the excuse me the particular scripture which we're looking at and i'm finding Tim that in verse 14 and 15 that To me, one of the main words here is the word destroy. Because in our English, we would look at the word destroy, and that means to to annihilate them, to do away with them, to get rid of them, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to render them, you know, gone. But that's not what Scripture says to us. Mm -mm. So the definition, the biblical definition of the word destroy, as I understand it, at least, is to render him powerless. Right. Not to... Make him of none effect, not to to get rid of him and make everything hunky dory. Mm-hmm. But there will be a day that that will happen, mm-hmm. and but it's not right now. Right. So you know to render him powerless. So if we read it this way, then that he might render him powerless. That had the power of death. That is the devil. To mm-hmm. me, that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. than to think of the English word and. That's where we run into problems is because our English only has one word that covers so many mm-hmm. things, where in the Greek you may have four, five, six words and then you, you choose the one that would fit the mm-hmm. situation.
1: Well the 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 aspect there if you look at that the phrasing there of destroy him who holds the power of death. So it is talk about destroying the effectiveness thereof. Yeah. And so versus necessarily destroying him, you know, the person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so, but you have that, and once again, I I just think that, you know, but to render it powerless, and I I met with a lady today, just, just as an illustration, I met with a lady today, and and mm. one of her, the first things that came out of her mouth is, Pastor, I'm scared. Mm. And I said, what are you scared of? What are you afraid of? And she said, I'm afraid of death.
1: Mm.
0: And certainly, you know, that is an age-old problem that a lot of people have, is that mm-hmm. they are afraid that... that What's going to happen when you know i you know I face that and and it finally you know it eventually comes to me, and once again, unless the rapture happens, it's going to happen to all of us mm-hmm. and you know and certainly you know people are afraid of death, they're yeah. afraid of maybe the unknown, I don't know what it is, but you know and all of that, and I'm sure you probably have seen that in oh, your yeah. ministry, you know where people are afraid of that so so that's that's what I think he's talking about to you and me. Is that okay? What I've done is I've come that you no longer have to fear death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the one who made you fear death, of course, would be the devil. He's the one who, you know, places lies in your heart and mind and so forth, and and makes it you know that darkness, that unknown, that uncertainty, and that seems to frighten an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. When you don't have certainty, when you don't know what's at the right. end of the tunnel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if we look at it that way, then we will have no problem at all discussing or even coming to a, to a really good solution to this, this question. Did mm-hmm. Jesus fully come to destroy the works of the devil?
1: Mm-hmm. And even the
0: devil himself, because we find if we're going to be going in a few moments in 1 John 3, and it says that. So, you know, what is your take on this? I mean, do you see it? you know, like that, that, that that's really what he's talking about, is the, yeah, well, the
1: spiritual ramifications of it. Exactly, and we know that from Christ anyway, as we, after our long discussion on the book of Matthew, is how many times we tend to look at it from a temporal standpoint rather than an eternal standpoint. Right. And so um, the, it's destroying the fear of death, and the fear of death that it's talking about is in reference to the fact that we, because of sin, we have no hope. In and of ourselves to be able to escape the, grap- the grasp that sin has on us. We were born into it. We will die in it. Yep. You know, it, it will still be there to an extent. None of us will be perfect uh, on the very, you know, when we breathe that last breath. We will still all have that sin nature that is still there. But through Christ and through his blood, as it talks about, and by sharing in our humanity and and being willing to go from the manger to the cross, as we have um, illustrated behind us, that because of that, the hold that sin has had on us is now able to be broken. Not that it is. We still have to accept it. We still have to receive the price of his salvation. But if we do that, then that power that sin has had to take us to the pits of hell, just like no matter how much you try to escape it, You jump off a building, gravity will take hold Uh and drag you to the ground. You know, sin will drag you to the pits of hell. But through Christ, we are freed from that law Uh and given access to a new law. I I heard it put this way once that it's kind of like an airplane and understanding flight a little bit. Not that I'm a pilot by any stretch of the imagination, but the law of gravity applies across the board. But there's a law that's greater than the law of gravity. It's this law of thrust. And that law of thrust with the aerodynamics of an airplane allow an airplane to do what appears to be defy gravity. Yep. But you turn off the engines, you will succumb once yep. again to yep. the law of gravity right. and be pulled to the ground. And so that's kind of what happens here is this... Freedom that we have in Christ sets us free from the law of sin that wants to pull us down and allows us to soar into the heights with God.
0: You know, as I'm looking at this number six, which is what we're on, number six Mm -hmm. of the 31 reasons, if we go back to number three, number four, and number five, Mm -hmm. we're going to find that it all ties in because in verse 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, likewise, took part of the same.
1: Yep. So, Took on flesh.
0: we have to go back and say, okay, number three, he came to bring light to a dark world, and how did he do that? Yep. He had to take on flesh himself. Yep. We have number four, he was made to be like flesh, just like you and me, so that he would endure mm-hmm. and that he would go through all the trials and tribulations it says he was tempted in all ways like us, yet without sin. So that's number number four. Number five, he was to bear witness to the truth. And what he's saying to us is, look, I have come to show you and to tell you and to relate to you that there's something brand new. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching, you know, out of Hebrews, and, and and this past week we did Hebrews 9, 1 to 14, and... and to try to describe, okay, here's the Old Testament or the old law, the Old Covenant, Mm -hmm. not Old Testament as we see here, but Old Covenant, now I have come to bring you a new covenant Mm -hmm. or a new agreement. The old has passed away, Mm -hmm. and now I've made this new. It's no longer just, for example, just for the Jews, but now it's for the Jews and the Mm -hmm. Gentiles, or now it's for the Jews and everybody. Mm -hmm. And... Jesus came, but He had to come in the flesh to be able to do that. Right. And Christ had to come in the flesh in order to be able to conquer mm-hmm. Satan or the devil and his works. What what He came to do, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from that
1: from the fall. And of course, we know what He came to do. Um, Jesus told us out of the words of His own mouth in the, the Book of John it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, to steal, yeah, to steal, <laughs> kill, and destroy. And that thief, of course, being the, the devil, you know, and, but yeah. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. So yeah. it, it brings with this concept that, look, this is what the enemy is all about. This right. is what Satan's in, in the process doing. He wants to steal your relationship with the father. He wants to kill your spirit. Yep. You know, and he wants to rob you joy. You know, yep. and but I have come, and, and that this is the, why I love that verse so much because yep. I have come to give you life. I've come to give you all that he tries to take. Yeah, but even more. Yeah, you know, I've come to give you life, but also give you life to the full. Yeah,
0: you know, as you, as you pointed out, John ten ten. Of course, the last one I came to. He came, meaning the devil, he came to destroy us. Now that does not mean that he came really to just annihilate us. No, he came to render us as a powerless people mm-hmm. so that we would submit to yeah. his authority. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ came that I no longer have to submit to the authority of the mm-hmm. devil. I now can
1: submit to a greater authority in yeah. yeah. his name as Jesus yeah. Christ. And isn't that in essence what he, the devil tried to do to Jesus himself yep. right after his baptism? Now the enemy knows as he's fulfilled all these acts of righteousness, Okay, now he's going to get ready to start doing the Father's will. Yeah. I've got to intercept him before he gets to that point. You know, mm-hmm. we just got out of the Super Bowl. It's time to intercept the ball, yep. you know? Yep. Um, yeah, there were a few of those. Yeah, there were. <laughs> and so what did he try to do? Right. He tried to render Christ powerless by what? Getting him, as you said, to submit to the authority of the enemy. Look, Jesus, look as far as your eyes can see. I'll give it all to you. Yep. All you need to do is just, you, you know, it's just you and me here right now. All you got to do is fall down and worship me. Be our secret. Yep. You yep. know, and Jesus said, no, no, not going no. there. It's not about submitting. People. It is said. Yeah.
0: yeah. And he, you know, and, and one of the things that the devil loves to do is he likes to take, pull out little bits and pieces of scripture, which he did at the temptation, mm-hmm. little bits and pieces of scripture, but Jesus goes and says, wait a minute, let's finish it. Yes. Let's not take it out of context, but let's finish what you've started, what you've said. Right. And, and, and we know that. But he even did that to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Remember now, I think it's so important that it says that he took on flesh. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Christ is God. Yeah. But Jesus Christ is man. Mm-hmm. He's fully God, fully man. Mm-hmm. So that when he was there in Gethsemane, knowing yeah. what he was about to face, the trial and the persecution and, and, and the horrible crucifixion which he was to face, when he was praying before the Father, as a man, he would pray, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass by me. Right. Now, do you think maybe Satan was tempting him, saying, oh, wouldn't it be easier, Jesus, if you died of a heart attack? Mm-hmm. Or oh, wouldn't it be easier, Jesus, if something else had happened to you? You don't want to die by the cross. Right. You know, why? Because if there's one death that Satan feared, was well, the death of the cross, mm-hmm. the shedding of blood. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm finding in, in the book of Hebrews that I'm teaching it is where Jesus goes, I think it's in chapter 13, or the Hebrew writer goes in chapter 13 and says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission mm-hmm. of sin.
1: Yeah.
0: So Jesus Christ had to die on the cross, even though Satan tried to dwarf that or to, to dispel that and say, oh, no, you can die some other way.
1: But then Jesus, nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will. And this is the prime place where the enemy wants to attack us. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about it, right, that um, to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, you know, because the enemy, that's where he'll mess with you, is he will try to mess with your thinking. He will try to introduce reasons, but he did way back again in Genesis. We seem to always go back there, but there's a reason. Hath God not said? Exactly. Taking, again, God's words and perverting them, just twisting them to meet his own agenda. And so we need to um, be careful that we don't do that same thing. And um, But when those thoughts do come, and they will come, I don't care how righteous you are, mm-hmm. you will wrestle with those thoughts. Sure. And and like I said, as he was fully man, I, I'm sorry, I'm sure probably part of the thing on his mind, yes, could the enemy have been working on that? Sure. But there's the aspect of just the, the natural man is created and, and has a... A built-in mechanism for survival. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody wants to come at your face. What's the first thing you do? You protect your eyes. You know, you yeah. to protect your sight. It's something you just do. You don't think about it. You just do it. Um, and so, our natural tendency—and it's not part of the sin nature. It's just natural tendency—is to want to survive. And so, the mere fact that he knew, I'm, I'm this life is this earthly life going to come to a close. But it's going to come in a very, very painful way. Yeah. You know, that and and knowing the kind of pain that would be involved. And because he is God, he knows the nth degree of that, Mm -hmm. what it's doing to the body and all that. And so the concept of dying this kind of death and knowing full well what was going to take place and how it would react or how his body would react to that. Even apart from what Satan was trying to do. But Satan, it, you know, uh, again, going back to the wilderness, uh, when he was tempted, it says that when Satan left him, he left him for a more opportune time. Yep. And I think that opportune time was the Garden of Gethsemane. Sure. Because sure. here's the next time that he was really at a weakened state yeah, in his, his fleshly weakened. man. Yep. And uh, that he was able to try to move in one last time because he knew this was his last shot. Yep. So. Yeah. And, and you
0: know, and, and once again, as we look at the scripture that we. That that we have just brought out in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, where it goes and says, that through death he might destroy him that Mm -hmm. had the power of death. So, God, you know, Jesus Christ had to come to die. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just no other way in order for the remedy for sin Mm -hmm. and the remedy for death. Jesus Christ had to come to die. There's no other remedy. God could not rely upon mankind to solve this, right? because we're sinners, because we're contrary to God, because we, we have broken that relationship. Mm-hmm. So he had to send his son, who would never break that relationship, who would live a sinless life to die upon the cross mm-hmm. for you and me, so that he could conquer or render powerless Satan, mm-hmm. but not only render him powerless, but also render the effects mm-hmm. of death right. in you as in my life. So when I, when I spoke with this woman, for example, is I, I shared with her, I said, wait a minute. We as Christians need to take Jesus at his word. Mm-hmm. If Jesus said that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I came to give you everlasting life. I've come to give you eternal life. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Right. You know, that means we have eternal life, everlasting life with him. We don't have to mm-hmm. fear death anymore. That's right. And the lady asked me, she says, Pastor, aren't you afraid to die? I said, No, I'm not. And the reason I'm not is because I'm taking God at His Word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe the scripture would have said, faithful is he who had promised, for he will do it. Right. And therefore, if that is the case, you know, I remember when my dad was passing away and in the hospital, and I asked him, I said, Dad, so so are you afraid to die? He said, no, I'm not afraid to die. I may be afraid of when I stand before my master as to what he's going to say to me, but I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that should give us great comfort to know that I don't have to fear mm-hmm. death And I don't have to fear the one who who seemed to have authority over death And mm-hmm. the, and once again, you have two deaths spoken of in this, in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You have the physical death Yeah, but you also have the spiritual death. hmm And the spiritual death means a broken relationship with God. hmm you know, that, that sets us apart from God, and there is, there is that sin aspect that, that breaks my relationship with, with, with God. Well, we know that, that that now has been made whole again because of what Jesus Christ did upon the cross at Calvary. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be accomplished without Calvary. That's right. Nothing. You know, and, and, and I love, the, for example, the cantata you guys did mm-hmm. in our church that Sunday night where, you know, where, you know, and I'm just, I'm sure I'm gonna mess this up, but where it said, you know, you have to have a beginning before you have an end. Right. You know, you, 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 and that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to have Jesus come in the flesh so that he could die so that we could live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it sounds like an oxymoron or something, but but that's exactly what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. He died so I can live. Yeah. and. This whole book is not set of oxymorons in a sense, because yeah. the way the kingdom and, and this is thing, and that's why it's so important to be in the word, because so much, so many aspects of the kingdom of God are a little backwards from the way we think
0: mm-hmm. normally.
1: Uh, like I said, in order to live, I must die. Yeah. In order to have victory, I must surrender to God. You know, and and so it, you've got all these word pictures that exist throughout the scripture, No, in order to be whole, I must be broken, broken right. right? Um, so, but, but it's true. I mean, after walk with God for 50 years, I can tell you I've never been more whole right. since, since God broke me, yep. you know? Yep. And, uh, so it's very powerful.
0: So how, so, okay. Now let's get to the question, I guess, is With all the evil that we see, and and it seems like we're seeing more and more and more. And I mean, I just, Mm -hmm. every day when I get up, I say, you know, I just can't imagine it's getting any worse. Mm -hmm. How could it get any worse? So with all the evil that we see today, then isn't this a contradiction of what we're seeing? That Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and even the devil himself? Because it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent, more and more readily accessible every day.
1: Mm -hmm. And, well, first of all, it can get a whole lot worse. And Um, it's going to. (laughs) And and it's going to. Because, I mean, you look like even at the Book of Noah, and and all the times I've read through it, um, you know, that that account and heard it from, I was, ever since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, as my mom used to say. Um, I always overlooked a piece where it talks about the the world then, said that there wasn't a single thought that was righteous. Mm -hmm. Not only was there not a single deed, there was not even a single thought in the the mind of man that had any righteousness to it. And that's a pretty destitute place. Now, is it Isaiah that
0: says that even all of our righteousness are like filthy rags? Exactly. You know, so even the best part of Harold Noise mm-hmm. when you compare it to who God is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm filled.
1: Yep. You know, I mean mm-hmm. it, But yet somehow even amidst all that this guy named Noah yep. at least had a level of righteousness yep. that God found favor. Yeah, God found th- favor. Sure. But um, So where <laughs> were we going? What was your question? Got <laughs> 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 myself sidetracked. Uh, Little lady ADD moment yeah. there, I think.
0: Look, the question is, is okay. Seems like every day things seem to be getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse, you know. Whether it be more mass shootings, whether it be the political mm-hmm. realm that we tend to be in in this nation, right. not only this nation but only, you know, or the economic or whatever the case. It, things just seem to be getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. You know, now you have that that new virus out of China that yeah. is that is really raising havoc, and you have the opioid and and all this stuff. It seems to be. Getting, so how can we can, how can you and I say through scripture that Jesus came to destroy the mm-hmm. devil and his works? I mean, how well, can we say that?
1: Well, the way he did that, obviously, is, by the picture behind me, the cross. the cross. It doesn't, like you said, doesn't mean that it's been done away with, as in that it's now non-existent. But it's this aspect that through what he has done, we have the ability now to step into the power, or to step out of the power of the enemy into the power of God, which will rend the devil powerless. So uh, it doesn't mean things are going to be good. In fact, you read through the book of Revelation, right? Mm -hmm. Or even the book of Daniel. And you will see that when Jesus comes the second time, it's going to be a really, really bad place. It's not, like you said, it's not going to get any better from this point on. It is going to keep getting worse. Of course, the advantage of the world world getting darker is the church has a chance to shine even brighter. But he said it's going to get that way. In fact, that's how you will know that the time is drawing near because it is going to get bad like this. So that's not what he wasn't talking, again, about the temporal things that are around and about us. It's the fact that through his power... He has rendered the spirit man. He has rendered us the ability to step out of the temporal into the eternity aspect, into that everlasting life where we now are not bound any longer by sin. Mm -hmm. Sin has no effect on us. It has no power on us, though we do still tend to sin. But we have that ability to simply, when that happens, and not that this is a license to sin, but we have that ability now to be able to, once you mess up, it's like God... I did it again, Yeah, and, and he was I in, am so and sorry. And what again? Yeah, and I'm so sorry, and he's yep. like, for what? For what? You know? yeah. I, and he throws it, says, as far as the is from the All you have to do is just say, I'm sorry, and mean it. Yep. Versus the Old Testament, where if you did it, you had to go, you had to Make go sacrifices. Buy, a, buy a lamb, bring it to the priest, have them you know, slaughter it in a certain way, and then it be offered on the altar, and da-da-da-da-da. Now, it's so easy. Maybe it's almost too easy yeah. It says he, di- he
0: died Once for all, for all sin yep. Now I mean just as a kind of a sidelight, If you, if you want to just for a moment you know, Once for all, for all sin So that's not only just for the sin Of those who have trusted him But it's for all sin The difference is The only difference is, is I have recognized that Jesus Christ died for my sins And I believe him for what he mm-hmm. has done Those who don't this sin is still not a question because Jesus died for mm-hmm. it. The only difference is, is they have not recognized what Jesus Christ has done for them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and that is so. When they stand before God, it's going to be their works that they're going to be judged mm-hmm. for, not for their sin, because mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died for all sin. Yeah. And and to me, that is that is so such a powerful teaching, mm-hmm. such a powerful truth. But now we have here. where where he goes and says that he had the power of death. What was that death? That was more than the physical death. That's right. That is the separation from God.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what's happened to mankind is we have become so separated from God. The Jews were separated from God when they went into Egypt and all of this, and and they rebelled against him so often. In fact, why is it that God came with this new agreement? Why is it that Jesus Christ came? Because the Jews could not stop being disobedient. And God says, "Okay, I'm going to have a people for myself, and that's going to be the church now, in which you know you and I are a part of." So you have that power of death, that is the devil. And I love the beginning of verse 15. What did he do? He delivered them who, through the fear of death, were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. So I have been delivered, or we have been delivered from the power of bondage. Mm -hmm. Bondage to whom? Bondage to the devil. I am no longer under bondage to him. Now that does not mean that I don't once again, every once in a while, give him authority. Mm. You know, because as long as I'm in the flesh, I, I will, because that's just the flesh and that's mm-hmm. the human nature. But I no longer I I am no longer a slave to him. I don't have to be a slave to him. You know, Why? Because he has delivered me from being separated from God and Jesus Christ came in the flesh, died on the cross, so that he would break that separation Mm -hmm. and make it now that we can have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not religion. And and this is one of the things that I I really try to hammer home at my body, at my church, is, look, we are not celebrating religion. Mm -hmm. Because religion kills. In my view, the worst killer of the world is religion. Because then I'm, I'm depending on my own righteousness. I'm depending on my own works. I'm depending on what I can do to obtain. Mm-hmm. And God says, no, you can't do anything to obtain. Right. I did it all for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. Yeah. To do it all for me because I can't do anything. That's right. So in verse 15, where he goes and says, to deliver them who through the fear of death. and And certainly that's, you know, that is something that so many people today, and, and I'm sure they have all through mankind, is what is the greatest fear? The fear of death. Mm-hmm. You know, because what, what's on the other side? And Jesus came that he would make, take light and to dispel the darkness, to bring light to a dark world. Mm-hmm. That's number three, right? That we just we discussed yep. a few weeks ago. So, how does he do that? He came to die upon the cross so that we now can see God for who he is and know that
1: I now can have a relationship with him, Mm -hmm. which is so powerful. Yeah, and we see that even all the way back to the cross and the the beauty of it. And when he turned to that one thief who saw Jesus for who he was and asked, Remember me? Yep. He didn't ask to go with him. He just said, Remember remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus responds, I love it. Today, my friend, not just about me remembering you, you're actually going to be with me. Yeah. You know, and and that was Jesus' cry at that point. There's going to be a connection with us now, beyond whatever's been able to happen before, simply because of my dying for you. And because when I die, I break the power that sin has. Yes to separate any longer. Yeah.
0: You know, so so what he did is that he might, might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them. Mm-hmm. I love John 14, because John 14, Jesus is now discussing with his disciples, I'm going to be leaving you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if his disciples are like regular human beings, and they were, they start wondering, oh no, now what's going to happen? So how does Jesus start in John 14? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And because I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself, to where I am, there you shall be also. Mm -hmm. So, now, if I take John 14, and I believe, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, I don't need to let my heart be troubled because when I take my last breath, when my heart stops beating that last beat, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. Why? Because mm-hmm. Jesus promised me that He went to go prepare a place for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is to be with Him. Mm-hmm. And the picture that is painted there is not just of a God or a king to his subjects or from a brother to a brother. What the picture is that's being painted there is very much of when one was betrothed to another. Mm. Because what you did is when you spotted a bride and you got permission from the bride's father, Mm. if you will, um, the very first thing you did is you did not marry them first. You went and you prepared. You made sure you had your home all squared away. You made sure that the, the means of... Uh, provision were already there, you know, the income, whatever. And then you came back and you took that person to be your bride because now you had some place to take them to that was already set for them, to care for them, to secure that, that bride's future. And so that this is the picture God's painting. So it's not even just the fact that when we die, we'll get to be with our king or with Mm -hmm. our lord we get to be the one who is literally the lover of our souls
0: yeah yeah i was just looking and i thought it was in isaiah 61 where he goes and and he's even talked to us about that the lord god has become our husband Mm -hmm. so he gives us and paul announces in corinthians that we now are the bride of christ Mm -hmm. and 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 what what a beautiful thing I did find, though, in Isaiah 61, and it just came to mind, you know, where it goes and says, to deliver them. Listen to what he will do. Now, this is even Old Testament scripture, so I just wanted to see this. This is in Isaiah 61, verse three. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So, here I am. I'm I'm an empty-handed man. I have nothing to present to my Lord. So I I lay at his feet my ashes, and what does he give me? You're beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. He looks at me and says, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Whoa! You know, or I have nothing else he gave me, and he gives me joy. Oil of joy. It's like uh, I, I, I have the picture of, of the pouring the, the oil over Aaron mm-hmm. and it's dripping from his head through his beard and all over his body. And he says, look, I'm going to pour my oil over you and I'm going to replace your mourning with that, with a joy. I mean, that's what he, that's what he did. Yeah. So that when he goes and says, look, that he has destroyed the power of the devil and he has delivered us. Mm-hmm. We need to take Scripture for what Scripture says, mm-hmm. and and therefore we don't have to worry or be concerned about or uh, be afraid of or in fear of death or yeah. being even separated from God. Now that I, since I've trusted Christ as my Savior and I did it back in 1969, so it's been over 51 years. Mm-hmm. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, He promised me, "I will never leave you nor forsake you, mm-hmm. never." Even in my worst moments, you know, when I probably have embarrassed him terribly as my father, mm-hmm. he never left me That's right. and he was always with me. Okay. So, if that is the case, then I don't have to listen to the devil when he tries to put fear in my heart, mm-hmm. saying, Oh, matter of fact, another neat part is this is that Jesus Christ is my mediator, mm-hmm. so that when the when it, the scripture says that the accuser of the brethren goes before God, and I'm sure I keep him busy, mm-hmm. and he goes before God and says, hey, did you see what Harold Noyesha did again? You know, and, and he accuses me constantly because that's who I am, and, but I got Jesus as my mediator saying, Dad, mm-hmm. right there, I yep. paid for it. That's right. It's all paid for. Mm-hmm. You know, and the father puts the gavel down and says, Harold's not guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. but we need, but we need to start living this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 the devil though goes though, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to bring life; he wants to bring death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jesus Christ didn't bring death; he brought mm-hmm. life.
1: Yeah, and one of the ways that the enemy will try to keep us in that place of death, even once we've come to know Christ, is he'll try to get us caught up in condemnation. Mm-hmm. Think, God oh, see, you messed up again. You, you you did this wrong. See, you haven't changed. See, yeah, no, it's good? How, how, but, you know, my mind goes back to the book of Hosea. Yeah. You know, and here you've got an Old Testament prophet where God, through his mercy, wanted to give us a real-life picture of what his love for the church looks like. And he told Hosea, I want you to marry an adulterous woman. Yep. I, I want you to go marry a harlot. Yeah. And you walk into any church today, and if you were to walk in and say, hey, I think God wants me to go out and marry this prostitute. you yeah, like yeah. might receive a lot of biblical counsel saying, no, I don't think so. But at this specific moment in time, based on the word of God, he said, I want you to go marry this woman. And here's why, because you are my prophet and I want to give the world a picture. I want to give, you know, especially Israel, a picture mm-hmm. of how much I love them, that no matter how much they mess up, I am, I am their husband. You know, and she did. She messed up on him and, oh, and sure. everything else. And he always took her back. And, yeah, and this that is... That he even had to pay for it. Yeah. You know, he had to buy her back exactly. again.
0: And isn't that, isn't that a perfect picture of what God did? hmm God created us in his image, and we were his, meaning mankind. Yep. Yeah. Satan came, tempted Adam and Eve. They fell. They sinned. So that all mankind is now into sin. So now we became the children of Satan. The Bible, because the Bible says that mm-hmm. you have become as your father, the devil. So we came his hand. but then what? Did, what did God do? God said, "Oh son, I need you to go, put on flesh, and die on the cross, so that we can buy my people back." Mm-hmm. And He did that. Yeah, He He paid the ransom for you and me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we went to the prostitute, and Jesus says, "I tell you what I'll do. I'm going to buy you back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy you back." And yeah. and what a marvelous thing that is. So when we look at Hebrews 2, verse 15, where it says he came to deliver us, all right, because now we do not have to have the fear of death, the mm-hmm. fear of separation from God, or even the fear of the physical death. Yeah. Scripture verse I want to share is out of John chapter 5, verse 24. The word verily means truly. So what he's saying to us is truly, truly. In other words, listen to this, people. Pay attention to it. I'm saying it twice. Mm-hmm. Not just once. I'm saying it twice. So I want you to pay attention. Listen to what he said. I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. So what does that mean? I have everlasting life. Why? Because I had believed on him. You know, I believed on Jesus, the work that he did, and of course the Father for sending him. Okay, I have everlasting life. Now, he didn't just stop there. There's not a period mm-hmm. there. And he says, and shall not come into condemnation. Mm. So, if we take that and go to Romans 8.1, what's Romans 8.1 say? There There's is therefore no now no condemnation to them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, the enemy wants to come and say, Harold, you're condemned. Harold, you're condemned. I now can point to him, John 5.24, or point to him in uh, Romans 8.1 and say, you're a liar. I cannot be condemned. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't have to fear death, whether it be separation from God or even the physical death, because I am not and I cannot be condemned. In fact, he Mm -hmm. finishes verse 24 and says, You have everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life.
1: Mm.
0: So what did I pass from? I passed from the old man being dead, apart from God, mm-hmm. and then when I died, I'd be separated from God. Now, I have a relationship with God, and when I die, I will not be separated from God, but I'll know him even better than what I know him today,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because now I'll be able to see him face to face, and I'll see him as he is, and I'll see him in all of his splendor. You know, I think of my mm-hmm. my, my very good friend Jim, Jim Sears, just passed away, and we had this his service a couple weeks ago, and I tried to share with the people that were at the service. Jim now knows that everything that he heard and saw and read in the scriptures is absolutely true because he can say, Pastor, I now see him, mm-hmm. and he's everything and more than what you told me he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to me, that's great. Yep. So, when Jesus said, I have come to destroy him. And, and I come to destroy his works. That's exactly what he's done for you and me as Christians, mm-hmm. because I don't have to fear that anymore. I don't have to be afraid mm-hmm. of that separation, because God says I'll never, I'll never let you alone. Yeah. There's a picture in the scriptures that I that I love, and I think it's also in John ten, where it goes and says, um, "No man shall pluck you out of my Father's hand." Mm-hmm. Okay, now that to me that's good. I, I love that. No man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. The next verse goes, as a, oh, by the way, no man can pluck you out of my hand. So where does that have me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got God the Father on one side, you got me in the middle, you got God the Son on the other side, and I'm holding hands with the Father and I'm holding hands with the Son, and neither one of them are going to let go of me.
1: Hmm.
0: Is that security or what? Hmm. You know, it's like parents walking a child across the street. You know, I may be wiggling and squirming and kicking and trying to get away from, but guess what? Neither one of them are going to let go of me. Why? Because he came and destroyed the works mm-hmm. of the devil. Yep. And, and it's, it's all in the relationship, mm-hmm. as I see it. It's all in the relationship. Right. You know, and, and to me, that's what that is. And you know, and I quoted John, uh, Romans 8.1, but listen to what it says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And that's the key. And that's the key. By the way, the big key in this is he did not say that are in Jesus Christ. Why didn't he? Because now, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting his human name first, and then his messianic name, he's now been exalted, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, so now he calls him Christ Jesus, the Messiah one. Mm-hmm. And he has conquered, so therefore, he, now he's called Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You don't find that in the, in the Gospels, mm. but you find it now in Paul's letters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Because he's conquered sin. He's conquered death. And he's completed the work. Mm-hmm. So he says, you, which are in Christ Jesus, who walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And what, what, a, what a marvelous thing that is. Mm. So yes, we can say, in my view, beyond a shadow of a
1: doubt, that Jesus came to destroy him and his works. All we have to do is reach out and grab hold of it. Reach out and take it. Because yeah. it tells us that you know all power and all authority has been given to Christ. Yeah. You know, and so it's like he doesn't only have the badge, he has the gun on his hip. Yeah. Yep. You know? And that's a okay. thing. <laughs> and uh you, know, you need both.
0: Yeah, you know, and one of the neat things is, is Pastor Sherm Stevens was actually one of the co founders of this program. And I remember one of his big sayings is this application is everything. So when you look at the Word of God, and you read the Word of God, now you've got to put it to practice. Now you've got to apply it. Mm -hmm. What happens to a lot of people, especially Christians, is we read the Word of God, but then we don't apply it. Apply Mm -hmm. it to our heart, apply it to our life. But when Jesus goes and says, look, I have conquered him. You are no longer subject to him. He no longer has authority over you. So therefore, I have rendered him powerless.
1: Well, Paul drew, drew the uh, illustration of this, of it being much like, you know, to not live it out, to not apply it, not let it transform your life, is like a man who looks at himself in the mirror, and as soon as he walks away from the mirror, forgets what he looks like. Yeah. you know, And so th- it's this aspect that if, if there's really a transforming work that's happened, you're going to remember, you're going to take it with you as you go. And um, it's not something you're just going to read. It's not a matter of just... And I've seen so many people that do this, that can quote this book forward and back, because they go and they spend time in front of the mirror. Yeah. But then they close it up, it makes no lasting impact. Yeah. Yeah. So all they got is they got a bunch of words All they got is a reflection, but nothing But 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 nothing else. Because all they've done is they've submitted their body, they've submitted their mind maybe to the Word of God, but they haven't taken time to submit their spirit Mm -hmm. to the Word of God. And the mind and the body must come into submission underneath the spirit, not the other way around.
0: Let me, in a, you know, really want to hit these two scriptures. It's, it's found in 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And, and once again, these are scriptures that can really raise havoc with somebody unless you take them for what they say. Unless you take them in the context in which John is writing them to us. He that committeth sinners is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God, meaning Jesus Christ, was manifest, made known, revealed, that he might destroy, render powerless, the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And whose seed, by the way, is now God's seed that mm-hmm. remains in us, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So, what happens? When it goes and says, look, I sin"? I know I sin so does that mean that this is of none effect that this is lying to me no what this is doing is giving me a picture now of how God the Father sees me Mm -hmm. because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ his son
1: exactly and what his son did for me Mm -hmm. and then you've got the picture there of and I like this about how because God's seed remains in him of course that seed you if you think about the seed of Adam would have been his sons, right? right? And that kind of thing. And But there's also this aspect, this picture there of what does a seed do? It grows. it grows. You know, and this aspect of growing more and more into the nature of God. You know, yeah, we do continue to sin, but we sin hopefully less and less and less. Yeah.
0: And Yeah, see, and, and I love this phrase, and I, and I don't know where I got it or who said it, but it just clicked in my head. It says, I may not be sinless, but I will sin less. Mm-hmm. And that is the key. Yep. Right? That is the key to this. So we have this. It says, Whoever is born of God. Let me let me just share this with you folks, and we gotta get going because column is giving me the high sign. We gotta get going. But in John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Verse seven, chapter three, John, you must be born That's again. Right. What that means, people, is this you take God at his word. You say, Jesus, I know that you died upon the cross for my sin. I know that you paid the price for my sin. I know that what you did is that now I can live in your righteousness because you paid for my sin and you washed it clean by your blood. I accept that. I recognize it. I know it and I ask you to come into my life and save me. And you know what God will do? He'll do it. That's what he did with Tim. Mm-hmm. That's what he did with me. That's what he did, I'm sure, with many of you. So please Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, and you will know what it is to be victorious. One last verse, First Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven. Okay, First Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven. I just had to think, and this is the victory that is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You see, we've been talking about okay, you know, I may, you know, the devil, the devil's here and he's going to influence it, but you know something, the victory is ours because of Jesus Christ, and He has rendered Satan powerless in the lives of believers. Mm-hmm. But we need to apply it, we need to work the Word of God and let the Word of God work in us. That's right. And become real. I'm Pastor Harold Lewis, pastor of the Community Christian Church, and I hope you enjoyed this, because, I mean, it, to me, this is so real. This is just so living. of fact, the Word of God is living and sharper than any two-edged mm-hmm. sword. And, and I hope we saw that today, that it really is. I'm pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. We have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. And then we also have a 6 p.m. service, Sunday night. For anybody who cannot come, or or maybe you go to another church, but you'd like to come to a church, uh, to a worship service in the evening, you can come out to the Community Christian Church, Lower Road, Athens, Vermont, and that is at 6 p.m. We have a wonderful time in song and in testimony and, of course, a message from the Word of God, and just enjoy it. So. Uh, Call the office if you'd like to get hooked into a Bible study or a home group, and we have many of those going on.
1: So don't hesitate. Community Christian Church, Athens, Vermont. If you're in the Charlestown area, we invite you to come down to Life on Main, which meets at the old St. Luke Episcopal Church building at 176 to 188 Main Street. Uh, We have coffee and fellowship at about from 10 to 11, and then our main service at 11 o'clock. Just great time in the word, great time of music. We invite you to come down, join us for that, or give us a call, and we would also be happy to set you up with some groups that meet during the week in various locations throughout uh, Springfield, Claremont, and uh, Charlestown. Uh, We also want to thank everyone that tunes in, uh, whether it be on TV or whether it be through the internet. Um, If you know people that live anywhere from Brattleboro up to Springfield, uh, get community uh, television in any of those areas. They can find us uh, on their local community stations as well as up in the Northeast Kingdom. Or for those outside our viewing area, they can tune into this program via our Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash heartline ministries or at fact eight on the web. And so... Thank you again for tuning in. Get the word out. Uh, Let people know about Heartline.
0: I'm Pastor Norris for Pastor Tim. You guys have
1: a great day.